If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. Cute little hymn we used to sing as children in Sunday school. Remember that? Well, we'll take a look at how that cute little hymn should reflect our lives as adults today next on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Join us. From Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, this is Graceful Truth. Greetings in Christ and welcome to today's program, Living the Life discipleship. That's our focus today, living the life of a believer and follower of Jesus. Are you a follower of Christ? Well, if you are, then you should be bearing fruit, studying and obeying God's Word, and loving one another. Those are the focus points we'll spend time on today. Please join us as we take a look at the life of a Christian, what it should look like on a day-to-day basis. Here's Pastor Steve Converse now with today's edition of Graceful Truth. This morning I want to talk about uh, being a disciple of Christ. Sometimes, you know, we take all this stuff for granted. You know, we're a Christian, we're a disciple, yeah, I go to church, I pray, I do all this stuff. Sometimes we need a little bit of a refresher course (laughs) in some of the basics. Have you ever asked yourself why some believers become mature in Christ and well-balanced and become fruitful and and are just really... uh, have, have a, a great impact on other people. And then other people who are believers, uh, or at least voice that, seem to live defeated lives. They're frustrated, and they're unproductive altogether. Matter of fact, you could almost say they're destructive in some ways. See, I think that, that what we're going to talk about this morning delineates the difference between those two people. And I put down there in the outline, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Notice I didn't say, are you a believer? Uh, Statistics tell us that an incredible percentage of Americans claim to be, quote, Christian. But there's no impact on their life. And some people believe that every believer is a, or every disciple is a believer, and yet every believer is not a disciple. That's widely taught today. I don't believe that. Because I don't see where Jesus said, well, you know, if you want to follow me, that's okay. But if you want to be a disciple, then, you know, you have to sign on for more. That you can believe in Jesus Christ and still not be his disciple. I don't, I don't see where that's taught in Scripture. Either you're a Christian or you're not. And if you're a Christian, just the very name Christian means what? Follower of Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a, a, a follower, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who wants to model his or her life after the Lord Jesus Christ and his teachings. That's what a disciple is. That's what a believer is. They're similar. I, I think that we have a lot of people today that believe in Jesus. And they say, well, you know, are they disciples? No, they're probably not even, according to Scripture, believers. <laughs> So we, we live in such an age we have to be so careful what we say and how we define our faith. Because you can walk up to a myriad of people and say, hey, are you a Christian? Sure, I'm a Christian. Only to find out they go to a, a, a faith-based religion that denies the deity of Christ, denies the Scripture and everything else, but they're still in their mind a Christian. How can that be? Well, I think because we've kind of grayed the area here, 
And so this morning, I want to ask you the question, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? That's what a disciple is. That's what a follower is, is uh, you know, a disciple. They're, they're one and the same. Over in John, Gospel of John 15, we're going to be jumping around a little bit this morning. Gospel of John 15, 8. He says there very clearly, and you notice Jesus doesn't stutter in, in you know when it comes to these uh, topics. He's very clear. He says, "By this my Father is glorified." Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to those who have put their faith in him. He says, "By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples." Are you a disciple? Are you a follower of Christ? Well, do you see God's fruit bearing evidence in your life? That's first thing. Over in chapter 8, verse 31 of John, he says very clearly, if you want to be a follower of Christ, chapter 8, verse 31, says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, all right, they believed, If you abide in My Word, what? You are My disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free or make you free. So second question. Are you claiming to be a follower or disciple of Christ? Are you bearing fruit? Do you see God bearing fruit in your life? Secondly, are you studying and obeying God's Word? In the churches today, a lot of people love to study God's Word. They want to become intellectually puffed up. They want to be able to sit in a Bible study with ten other people. And when someone says, gee, I always wondered what this verse is, they want to know it. And the reason they want to know it is just so they can look good. Look at me. I've memorized all these verses. And I know all this stuff. And beloved, there's so many people in the church that have studied God's Word. But you know what? You look at their life and there's some kind of a separation. They're not obeying God's Word. And that's key. That's key to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you want to be His disciple, what kind of disciple, what kind of follower would you be if you said, hey, I want to follow you, but I'm not going to do anything you want me to do? You think of the job place. You hire somebody on, brand new, at your place of employment. He comes in and says, I want to learn this business just like you know it, and I want to follow in your footsteps. And you think, man, this guy's really eager. The first day you take them out and you say, okay, here's how we do things. Boom, 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 boom. Now go do it. He doesn't listen to anything you say. He just goes and does his own thing and he messes everything up. And after a week, you're ready to you know, pull your hair out because this guy came saying, hey, I want to learn the business. And now he's not doing anything you asked him to do the way you want him to do it. Was he a follower of you? No. He's not going to be a good employee. He's not going to really be good for anything until he learns... The discipline of following directions, of following leadership. Well, it's the same way in the Christian walk. If we come to God's Word and we read it and we, we learn it and all that, and that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. That's good. would be to God that more people would do that. But we also have to obey it. See, and all this comes out of the elementary things that Christ says that you need to have to be one of His disciples. Turn over to John Chapter 13, verse 35. Not only are we to see God's fruit in our lives, not only are we to be studying and obeying God's Word, all right, but also are we loving one another. 13 to 35, John says this. Jesus says there, By this 
all will know, very clear, that what? That you are my believers? No. That you are my disciples. If you have what? It's just that. Love one for another. We see that in First John. We see it in John. We see it throughout Scripture. That's key to being a follower of Jesus Christ. See, that's why you can go on vacation and go to a church on your vacation somewhere you don't even know, and you don't know the pastor, you don't know anything they believe, but you know that they're a Bible-believing church, and you walk in that congregation, and you sit down, and you go through their morning service, you know what? You feel comfortable. You feel like, hey, this is where I belong. Why? Because you have a connection with those people because they're following the same Lord that you're following. You can identify your family. And that's the kind of love we're to have one for another. Now, all this comes basically down to the point that I kind of want to touch on this morning is that we all need to grow. There's nobody here that can say, nope, Steve, I'm done growing. I am as mature. I am, I am you know, I'm topped out spiritually. You know, my nephew is in the Marine Corps. I said, well, what's next? He goes, nothing. I, they won't give me anything else. I'm done. After this tour, I'm done. I've got to turn it in. And he says that with a lot of glee and, you know, a twinkle in his eye. Like, man, I can't believe I did this. But see, we never get to that point in our Christian walk. We're never going to arrive spiritually. Alan Redpath said this, The salvation of a soul is the miracle of the moment. But the manufacture of a saint is the work of a lifetime. The salvation of a soul is the miracle of a moment. It happens in a, in a second. As soon as God turns that switch for you and you see your sinfulness before holy God and you repent and you cry out to Him, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, save me. He does. And in that split second, your salvation is secure in Christ. But you know what? You're still here left on this earth to live a life in a sinful and dying world. And that manufacturer of making you a saint, that's, that's your position, but... That's not the practical outworking of your life. Christ wants to make you a saint, and He'll do that over the, the work of a lifetime. It's amazing how, no matter how busy we get or uh, you know, anything like that, we never go through a day, most likely, without drinking some water, fluids, and eating food. It doesn't matter how busy you are. And maybe if you're on a stranded island or something, you know, but still, deserted island somewhere, you would still search out water because you know that that's what? That's a necessity. You have to have it or you won't survive. See, and a lot of times in our Christian lives, we get busy. We get busy in the world in which we live and we do all this stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, well, you know, Pastor, you know, you don't understand. I'm just so busy at work that I just can't, you know, plug in here appropriately in the fellowship to where I need to, to be to grow. So that's why I'm not growing because I just don't have time. Well, we have to stop and we have to say, you know what? Our need for spiritual growth is just as important. Our, our, our need for food is just as important as our need for spiritual growth. And there's some things that God has clearly told us in His Word. There's elements that He gives us for growth. That He is the light of light. John 8:12. He is the light. We need that. He is the living water, He says. He is the bread of life. Those are elements that help us grow spiritually. So if you stop and you think, you know what, I just don't have time for that. You're dead wrong. Because just if you didn't have time to eat, what would happen? You would die. You would die. Your body would begin to 
fail if he didn't eat, if he didn't drink fluids. Same thing spiritually. We will begin to just kind of give in to all sorts of things because we will not be strong to withstand them. See, that's one reason why over in Acts chapter 2, turn over there with me, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you wonder why the, the New Testament church was so incredibly just, you know, empowered by the Spirit and incredible things were happening. You say, well, why was... Well, well look. I mean, it says there in, in verse 42, and they continued what? Steadfastly. In other words, over and over and over again, consistently, in a couple different areas. In the apostles' doctrine, first of all, they were being taught certain things. And fellowship. They had fellowship one with another. And in the breaking of bread. And in prayers. You see that clearly throughout Scripture. So the first thing of a, of a, of a disciple, of someone who wants to be a follower of Christ... The first thing that they should be is they should be somebody who wants to learn, who wants to grow, who's not just interested in being entertained, but really wants to grow. You know, if you're just, if you just want to be entertained, man, sit home and watch a TV. There's a lot of guys on TV that are, you know, just very entertaining. All right, and they can they can entertain you, but you probably won't learn a lot, or you probably won't learn necessarily the right things. But a disciple is somebody, a follower of Jesus Christ, is somebody who wants to be a learning disciple. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That brings us to God's Word. And I know a lot of this is basic, but sometimes we need to have this kind of reminded, you know, kind of brought up again. And God's Word is necessary for growth. Scripture tells us that very clearly. That we should crave the Word of God like a newborn babe craves its mother's milk. Do you have that craving? Do you have a desire to grow in your walk? It also guides us. Psalm 119, 105 tells us that clearly, that it's a guide for us to live by. But see, if we don't know what's in it, how are we going to use it as a guide? It'd be like me giving you a map saying, here's a map of San Francisco, and I need you to go to this place, and the map's here, and you get in your car and you just start driving. You'd say, well, that'd be silly. Well, sure it would. And you get down, down near San Francisco and you call me on the phone and you say, Hey, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Well, where are you? Oh, I don't know where I'm at. Well, do you have the map? Yeah, i got it sitting right here on the, on, the, on the seat next to me. Well, have you looked at it? Uh, no, I haven't looked at it yet. Well, duh, what are, you, what are you doing? I gave you that map for a purpose. Well, God gave us His Word for a purpose. And I think sometimes, you know, we think the purpose is so that we can put it under our arm and carry it to church. That's not the purpose of God's Word. God's Word is to help us grow. It's, it's to be a guide for us. It's to give us that grounding, as John read this morning in Psalm 1. You know, I, I am amazed at how many people in the body of Christ seek the counsel of men, worldly men, at that, before they come to God's Word. It just blows me away. That's, that's a basic principle. God has truth. He, he, he has principles for us to live by. And we need to make sure that we're growing in that and we're being led by that and we're being grounded in that. 2 Timothy 2.15 instructs us very clearly that we should what? Study. I don't know what kind of student you were when you were in college or if you're still in college or if you're in school or junior high or whatever. I don't know what kind of student you are. 
But you know what? I wasn't the kind of student that loved just to sit down and study. Some people can't wait. Some people just embrace it. Some people, I mean, they could lock, be locked all day in their office just with books and just, oh, just soak it all in. I'm not that way. I'm just not. God hasn't created me that way. And as hard as I try to be that way, I'm not. So, you know, it, that's just who I am. But I also understand that, you know what? I mean, sometimes I think part of the reason God put me in the ministry was to make sure that I studied. To make sure that I did what I was supposed to be doing as a Christian. Because you know what? In all honesty, I don't know if I'd do it otherwise. I really don't. Because that's an area I just, I just struggle with. Sometimes I've got to read stuff over and over and over, and it's still not clear to me. And I just you know, bang my head against the wall sometimes going, man, but you know what? God didn't make me that way. That's okay. I guess. Makes what I do a little harder for me, but maybe that's God's way of saying, you know what? I want you to be dependent on me. I don't want you to be dependent on your own intellect. That's why, you know, I didn't give you a full dozen eggs up there. You know, you're, you're running a couple short. That's okay. You need to de de depend on me more. So we're to study the Word. Study to show ourselves approved unto men? No, but unto God. That's key. I went to school with guys that wanted to be approved unto men. I mean, they'd sit down and they'd impress and they'd parse Greek, you know, for all this stuff. And you're just going, how do they understand this? But our approval comes from God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Have you ever been ashamed? Have you ever been in a situation where you're in a profession and you, you did something that was shameful, almost embarrassing, and how you felt? Well, nobody likes to feel that way. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait today to be ashamed, man. I'm just going to look for it. Go out there and search for somebody to shame me. No, it doesn't happen that way. That's not something we look forward to. Well, we're to study God's Word so that we won't be ashamed, so that we will rightly divide the Word of truth. And unfortunately, our churches today are filled with people that, boy, they would love to get together, and, and the typical Bible study goes something like this. You know, everybody gets in a circle, and somebody reads a verse, and, and then you go around. Well, what does this mean to you? And they say, oh, well, I think it means this. Okay, next, what does this mean to you? Well, I think it means this. Next, what does it mean to you? Well, I think it means this. And then everybody smiles and says, wasn't that nice? What's the next verse say? That's not teaching. That, that's not, that's, that's basically just, you know, I don't know what it is. Chaos in my mind. But God's Word is very clear. So when we come to God's Word, we should be willing to grow. We should be willing to study. We should be willing to, to make sure that we understand what it says. A couple weeks ago, we were, before, after our prayer time actually, this subject came up. Somebody mentioned something and, and they were talking about prayer meeting and and they were saying, yeah, well, you know, Jesus said, you know, where, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. Kind of bit my tongue, and I thought, okay, you know what, I've got to clear this up. So if you go to that portion of text, Matthew, that talks about that, there's not a, a, a prayer meeting mentioned anywhere. It's talking about correcting a brother. It's talking about having witnesses there to make sure that, that, that this discipline is carried out properly. It has nothing to do with a prayer meeting. But how many times have I, or how many times have you, said that? Lord, we know that we're a small group here tonight, just two or three, but you promised that we're two or three are gathered in your name, there I am in the midst. Now, if you just stop and you think about that logically, does that mean when you're home in your closet praying all by yourself, that Jesus isn't there? It's kind of crazy, huh? And yet we say things like that all the time. 
And it comes out of an ignorance. It comes out of a not, a, not a willful ignorance, but just something that we accept. We need to study ourselves to be approved. Ray Glory, in a little book, he said this, We should study the Word of God like a spiritual man. Be totally dependent on the Holy Spirit for illumination. 1 Corinthians 2.14 We should study the Word of God like a scribe. If you know anything about scribes and their work, they did it with diligence. And they, re- they recorded God's Word on, their, on the things that were writing. We should record God's Word on their heart, on our hearts. He said we should study God's Word like a cow. Chew, 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 and chew some more on God's Word. In other words, we should meditate on it. You know, how many times do you wake up in the morning and it's like, okay, I've got to get to work, I've got to do my devotion, daily bread, boom, whoa, that was neat, cool. And you're on your way. And you're thinking, hey, I got that off, checked off, God's got to bless me today, I did do the devotion thing. Okay, that's not meditating on God's Word. That's just getting something out of the way. We should study God's Word like a soldier, be ready and eager to obey and serve and to submit to God's Word, Matthew 8. 8 and 9. We should study God's Word like a love letter from God. Love and treasure God's Word enough to see it as being our, our daily sustenance, our daily need. We should study God's Word like a teacher. Read God's Word clearly, logically, and with the mindset that we can share this with others. See, don't keep it to yourself. We should study God's Word like the Bereans. Read God's Word with all readiness, but also uh, read to prove the truths that we find in Scripture. Should study God's word like a historian. Always, always carefully check the background of the information of the scripture that we're looking at, including the author, the time, and don't leave any stone unturned. Should also study the scriptures like an archaeologist. When you study, leave no stone unturned. Examine every blade of grass, look into every little nook and cranny. He said this: It is important to realize that success or failure in the Christian life is dependent on how much of the Word of God we get into our hearts and our lives on a regular basis and how obedient we are to it. That's so true. That's so true. So a disciple is somebody who is ready to learn, ready to grow. Second thing that they said there in Acts was a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, is also to be a praying disciple. One who prays. You know, one of the reasons that the New Testament church was so passionate in their faith was that they had an incredible uh, prayer time together. This is a very intimate time. It's a very personal time. And we often say in our church that prayer is, is not just something we do. It's an attitude of life. That's why Paul says, pray always. If you have that attitude of total dependence on God, you can do that. True prayer is when we, our wills are aligned with God's will. And then we pray accordingly. It's good to keep those lines of communication open. The disciple's called to be, follower of Jesus is called to be a man or woman, child of prayer. Well, if we do claim a relationship with Christ, it would stand to reason that we spend a fair amount of time talking to Him. Prayer. Well, you have been listening to Graceful Truth, and it is our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible-teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5 like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth program, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. 
Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, you can reach us at 650-366-9923. Or if you wish, visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. If you're looking to review today's broadcast, we do have copies available. Simply give us a call. Again, that phone number is 650-366-9923. Make sure you mention today's date when you contact us so we can get the right message into your hands. If you're writing to us, the address is 2225 Euclid, Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. That's also our place of fellowship. Again, you're welcome to join us. Directions and information can be found at our website, gracefultruth.org, or by calling 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. And again, if you would like today's broadcast, either call or simply go to our website, gracefultruth.org, and you can download the message there for free. Again, gracefultruth.org. As always, it is our hope and prayer that our times together here on KFAX are times of real encouragement for you in your walk and relationship with Christ. It is our prayer that you are growing in your relationship with Him. Questions, comments, and prayer requests, as always, can be directed at 650-366-9923. Thank you again for spending time with us here today as we've taken a look at discipleship. And we hope you'll join us next week at this same time as we look once again at living the life, discipleship, what our life in Christ should look like here on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. (music) 